I hit it again. You hit it? Yep. Are you sure? I hit it. Okay. I need to know now because if not, then I'm just caught being rude to you at the beginning of the episodes. <laughs> yeah, and Gotta... no other adequate introduction besides being rude to me. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's all the introduction you really need. Just showing my true colors here, right? Yep. I'm the rest kidding. of the episodes are fake. I just really need to behave myself, apparently. Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, hello, my dear. Hello. Welcome back to another episode. Thanks. How many episodes is this? This will be 46. Wow, 46? We're almost at 50. Oh, my word. I genuinely lose count. I'm glad that you keep track. Yeah, it's okay. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> You're the numbers guy. I'm the numbers guy. Uh, that's okay. I'm the funny one. So. And the tech guy. Did you hear what I said? You're the funny one. <laughs> I chose to ignore it. <laughs> Anything new with you that I don't know about after spending 24-7 with you? <laughs> well, you haven't really talked to me that much today. Okay, that's true. Since today, you hate me. No, I don't. I just am busy. You hate me. I just have a full-time job. And a full-time toddler. Ugh. Well, like, I don't know. And a full-time husband. Oh, my gosh. Just kidding. What's the most high maintenance? <laughs> don't tell us. <laughs> I'm over here like, no, I got to behave myself. I need not be rude to you if I make comments like that. I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> it's all in good fun. This is our relationship. Yes. If you're used to it by now. Yes. And, and if you made it 46 episodes so far, then you must be used to it too, listener. <laughs> um, so yeah, anything new? I didn't let you finish. Um, no, not really. Oh, okay. I got, I've, I've been traveling more for work recently. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm have. sorry. No, it's but okay. But not sorry. Honestly. Because I get mileage reinvestment. Ayo. <laughs> but you also get like a little bit of a breather from life. Not really life because you still have to work. Yeah. But like the house that we are confined in. Yep. I mean, to be fair, we chose to be confined in it. But like you also, you know what I mean? Get a break from it. So. Yep. It's one of those things where I am simultaneously extremely jealous, but also happy for you. Thanks. She yeah. just got a different job. <laughs> just kidding. Anyways. <laughs> no, it was... Uh, what about you? Anything new with you? Um, I started a new show. We started a new yeah, show. Yeah, thank you. We. I started Listen, it, and you're like, oh. Okay. You, you started it with me in the room. That I know, was a because situation. I, I didn't know if you were going to, like... I wanted to watch it. I didn't know if you were going to watch it, but I was going to force you to, like, sit down and watch it um and if you didn't and if you weren't interested then you could just left the room but yeah yeah, we did start a new show which i mean obviously you guys know at this point as well that that's a very important thing in our lives is (laughs) what we're watching on tv in that moment Mm -hmm. however it's not a sitcom this time it is not a sitcom tell people it's the show called suits on the netflix the netflix the netflix um it's about a lawyer who wears really nice suits. Who wears really nice suits. Well, it's about a couple of lawyers, but, like, the main character is a fake lawyer. But, spoiler alert. I mean, you find you it out in the first episode. him, jeez. <laughs> you find out in the first episode, so it's not really much of a spoiler, but. Yeah, no, it's it's really good so far. We just finished the first season. Mm-hmm. We've been watching, like, two at least episodes a day. Because we're hooked. Yeah. <laughs> we watch it, like, during dinner and then right before we go to bed. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's really good. So, if that's all we talk about for the next couple of weeks, mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> we won't put any spoilers if you're planning on watching it. I mean, it's been out for a while, but 
Yeah. It's good though. And I, I, so I do this thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> where when I'm watching things, I like to Google the actors. Yes. Um, and I find out fun facts about them. And the, one of the main characters is married to an Australian. Mm-hmm. So I'm over here like, what's Rep- that like? <laughs> represent. I can relate. I was on the um, on a call with a doctor who did med school in Australia. Oh, so yeah. So, like, a lot of uh, links to Australia today. Yeah. 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 It's a cool place. Yeah. We should go. Cool, cool, cool place. Um, other things. I think, do we have any new listener states? No? We're kind of just flying. Yep. Flying through. Cool, um, cool. So... At night, I don't know if you do this. You probably do, but like, do you sing songs to Harper while you're mm-hmm. trying to put her to sleep? So she's been in this little phase where she only wants to sing. It's usually one of three songs. It's either the ABCs, row 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 your boat, row 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 your boat, or Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, which is the same tune as ABCs. So she, she never lets me sing that one. Really? Yeah, because I always offer. She's like, no, boat. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I started singing that one to her, and then she just like kind of sat there and like looked at me. And she wanted her toys as well. So she had her mini mouse toy, her penguin toy, and then her little rubber duck. Yeah. Um, those are the... She also likes to pair toys. Like, I don't know. She, she puts them on rotation. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's her rotation today. <laughs> and so we had... Those were in there. And she was just like kind of trying to adjust the toys where they're like, you know, comfortably sitting on her chest and everything. And she looked at me I'm like, do you want to sing another song? Yeah. What song do you want to sing? Do you want to sing Twinkle? No. Row, row, row your boat? No. ABCs? No. And so I decided to go like a little bit off script, so to say, um, <laughs> and I sing songs that are to her that I sung to her when she was like an infant. Um, so I'm like, do you want to sing The Rose? You know, Bette Midler's The Rose. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, so I sang a song for her. All three verses. Why don't you demonstrate? No, I don't want to take up everyone's <laughs> time. Um, which I also, um, I, I've learned it on the ukulele, but I need to perfect it. So like the chord transitions are a little bit smoother, uh-huh. um, but I know how to play it on the ukulele, um, which isn't really saying much because it's only like, I think five or six chords throughout the whole thing. So it's not that you know, impressive, but <laughs> anyway. Right. Um, You're proud of it. I'm proud, I'm of, it. proud of it. Anyway, so yeah, I started uh, seeing that one to her. And then I finished the song. She's like, more rose. Like, oh, okay. So I sung that to her again. And then she was asleep. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> She's so sweet. Yeah. And then I tried to lay it down and she woke up and I'm like, no more sit. I'm like, okay, we'll go back and sit in the rocking chair. And so I sung yeah. to her a little bit more and then put her down eventually. Oh, it was fun. The girl has us wrapped around her finger. Yeah, she does. Uh, it, it's, it's so cute. I love it. Well, well, I guess this is kind of something new that we can talk about. It was just like something we did. Um, just actually yesterday, we met up with a good friend of mine. I talked about her before on the podcast, Jessie. Uh, she's the one that I was joking with like a week or two ago um, about how she had had like dreams about us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're like, who are you? Anyways, she, uh, I basically grew up with her, so I've known her for a very long time. But she like lives in Utah now. But her family still is is in Cheyenne, so she'll come back to visit every now and again. And this time, <laughs> she was so funny. She basically was like, we need to hang out or this is getting weird because <laughs> she listens to our podcast all the time. Um, anyways, we hung out. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. We just like went and got some slushies with our kids. And so she has a son who is just a little bit older than Harper. And Harper does not socialize with kids her age 
hardly ever. Mm -hmm. And so it was so cute seeing her and little Eli. They were just like buddies. And she kept trying to like put her arm around him to give him a hug. And she kept saying, oh, hi. (laughs) Oh, hi. (laughs) It was so funny. And then at one point he like didn't want her to hug him. But then she like pulled away and he was like, wait a second. He like went back to hug her and we were just melting over it. Miles and I were like, oh my gosh, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. That was one point. So Hoppa was wearing my sunglasses as well. And then Eli was, um, like, he, he wanted to switch his hat, his blue hat, for these sunglasses. Uh-huh. And so, like, he took the sunglasses from Hop and then tried to put that hat on Hopper's head. But yeah. she did not like that. She's like, cool dudes. She calls them cool dudes. Um, sunglasses. But Yeah, no, she just didn't understand what sharing <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, because <laughs> she, she doesn't have anyone else to share with, so. Mm-hmm. No, it was... It was super cute, though. Yeah, it was a lot of fun seeing her interact with kids closer to her age. Yeah. Yeah, and it was fun seeing Jesse too. So, yeah. Jesse, you're a good sport. Thanks for letting me tease you. <laughs> <laughs> and also for the story suggestions, because she gives us a lot of story suggestions. That she does. Keep them coming. she totally made me feel so good, because she was like, yeah, like, whenever I get, like, stressed or a little frustrated, I'm just like, you know what? I just need to put in a podcast and just tune out the world. Just like, I listen to you guys. And I was like, oh, my gosh that makes me so happy (laughs) knowing that we have people that do that with our podcast Mm because i do that with other podcasts so yep we're that for some people well at least one at least one (laughs) at least one but hey it starts with one (laughs) yeah anyways i saw a meme once and i've probably mentioned this before because i think about this and it's like when podcasters are 45 minutes into an episode and they're like all right let's get this thing started yep (laughs) you said that to me i think (laughs) so now that we're i don't know how many minutes 10 minutes 10 minutes let's get this thing started course we like to start off with some funnies some funnies yeah and these ones are good so, some funnies yes yeah, what are you 63 <laughs> I, I talk to you and to a two-year-old let me be okay <sighs> sorry <laughs> all right you ready for this i'm ready for the funnies <laughs> have you heard the joke about um that spaceship that came to earth no it probably went over your head (laughs) (laughs) okay real quick what is et short for extraterrestrial it's actually probably because he just has little legs (laughs) (laughs) do you get it not really it's like what's he short for what's the reason he's short he has little legs. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> you know, I really appreciate that convincing pity laugh you gave me, though, when you didn't get it. That was good. <laughs> I kind of laughed because I didn't get it, but that's a whole other story. That that was a weird moment for me. <laughs> okay. Um, What is a light year? Huh? What is a light year? Like a, a distance of measurement or a, a method of measurement? It's actually the same as a regular year, but with less calories. Are <laughs> <laughs> talking about space? <laughs> okay, one more. One more. <laughs> um, what do aliens prefer to drink? What? 
gravatine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See, Those were some good funnies. <laughs> nice funnies, Courtney. <laughs> uh, and as you probably would have never guessed, we're talking about... Penguins. Tomato farmers. Space. <laughs> 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 no, we're talking about space. Kind of, kind of. I mean, yes, we are. Um, we are talking about alien abduction. For those of you who don't know why tomato farmers is funny, just go back to episode 36. I don't know. I'm the numbers guy. I'll look it up. <laughs> oh, that is Harper's show. <laughs> go ahead and play it. Why don't I? Okay. I have to look it up real quick. I want to say it's 36. The one that isn't a prison episode. Dang it, it's not 36. It's 37. I was close. I'm you odd numbers. Failed. I'm odd numbers. I should have wow. known that. You are odd. 36 is the one about Sarah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep, so if you are confused about the tomato farmer thing, go back to episode 37. Anyways, so this is a story that takes place back in... 19... The 1800s. Just 1975. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm ready. Oh, I'm so excited for this. So, this is one of those subjects, kind of similar to the Illuminati, that I just find so very fascinating. However, I mean, we can talk about this at the end. Not, you know, I don't actually believe these things necessarily, um, but I still find it so fascinating, and I love hearing stories about it. So, let's get started. Okay. November 5th, 1975. Good year. There was a group of loggers and they were on their way home after a long day's work um like tim uh lumberjacks yeah loggers Loggers. they work in the forest they chop down trees okay uh it's a long day there's about seven of them they all cram into this little truck okay and they're just going home through the forest cool it's dark it's this you know 1970s um so i don't know i don't know how good the headlights were back then okay (laughs) i mean i Okay, go ahead. Anyways. So <laughs> they they're want going, LED, but... So they're going through the forest. It's They're in northeastern Arizona. Um, in the car with the seven men included a man named Travis Walton. Okay. Do you know that name? Not really. He's the main character. So we'll talk about him a lot. So there's Travis Walton, Mike Rogers, who is the driver of the car, and then a man by the name of John Goulet. Uh, those are the only three names that I have, but there were seven altogether. Okay. So as they're driving through this forest, kind of winding a little bit, they come around a turn and then suddenly they are being blinded by a really bright light that's coming through the trees and they stop their car because that's not a usual sight to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're all staring at this light and they're all in the car and they all stay in the car except for Travis. He decides to hop out and go get a closer look. And later on, you know, he's actually on a panel in it. And someone asked him, like, why would you get out of the car? You have no idea what it is. Nobody else wants to get out of the car, Mm -hmm. you know. Their instinct is to stay in a safe place. And he's like, no, I'm just going to go. So they asked him, like, what was up with that? And he basically, this is what he said. Um, Quote, he said, quote, I was awestruck and entranced by the beauty of the thing. I thought it would take off, but it didn't. 
and I didn't really appreciate the danger I was in. Okay. So he was trying to make that clear. Like, it wasn't that he wanted to be in a dangerous position. He was just really entranced. Almost hypnotized? By what he was seeing. Okay. And that's end quote. And kind of based off of what he was saying, you can tell that there's more to the light. So as he got closer, he noticed a disc-shaped craft hovering in the air within the trees. It was the lizard people. <laughs> and that's what was creating this light. The lizard right? people. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, possibly. But the guys in the truck saw this disc shape thing as well, which is part of the reason why they were paralyzed with fear. Mm -hmm. That's something, again, they don't see every day or ever. <laughs> it was very much something that was unidentified. Um, or unidentifiable, I should say. Okay. Anyways, so as he got closer to this hovering saucer, all at once, all of the men heard a high-pitched buzzing sound, and then suddenly a bluish-green beam of light shot down from the craft and engulfed Travis. Travis fell unconscious, and his friends from the car watched him fall to the ground, and in complete panic and terror they drove off as fast as they could without him yep okay yeah mike hit the gas and drove as fast as he could and the rest of the guys were screaming at him to go faster like they were all just immediately wow yeah leave his buddy what the <laughs> okay travis was asked later about how it felt knowing that his friends ditched him and he was basically like i would have done the same thing ah uh, fair enough and he said, obviously, you know, of course, they had a lot of adrenaline, too. So there's just factors to take into account. Fight or flight. They made it about a mile down the road. And then they were able to, like, calm down enough to be like, hold up. We got to go back. Got to get Travis. And so they turned around, went up to go get him. And when they got to the spot where it all happened, Travis and the UFO were gone. Absolutely no trace of them. This is only a mile down the road? One mile. So, like, probably three minutes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep, nowhere to be found. So, let's talk about Travis in this moment. He was high. Travis fell unconscious after the beam of light struck him. The next thing he knows is that he's waking up in a room that kind of reminds him of a hospital room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a hospital room, you're expecting to see machines and you're expecting to see nurses and doctors. And he sees the machines, but instead of nurses and doctors, he sees three strange looking creatures he described them as being Tomato short <laughs> well actually let me tell you he described them as being short and bald and i read that and i was like well that's not very nice there, <laughs> there are plenty of short and bald people around here but then he also says they have like they had very large eyes like abnormally large so they were just like you know kind of creepy looking mm -hmm. um and of course immediately he was scared and immediately he goes into fight or flight and he starts to fight and tries to like get them off of him he tries to push his way out and he's scrambling to get out of the situation and in walks into this room what appears to be a figure that looks kind of like a human mm -hmm. but it's wearing like an, an odd helmet and when it walked in he immediately felt this sense of calming but it wasn't like a familiar like oh it's gonna be okay it was more like a forced calm kind of like uh 
that girl from Guardians of the Galaxy. Mantis? Mantis, yeah. You know how she can, like, change people's moods? Yeah. It was more like that. Like, his mood was forced to be calm. So now he's calm. He's still, like, paralyzed with fear, but at least he's calm. Mm-hmm. So after he calmed down, this humanoid figure walks him to a different room. And when he enters the new room, three new creatures laid him down and then covered his face, his nose, and his mouth uh, with some sort of, like, clear plastic. And at that point, he falls unconscious again. And his memory fades to black. Okay. So, we've talked about Travis. Let's move on to Mike and the crew after this incident. Okay. So, they return to the scene where they last saw Travis, and they discovered that both Travis and this hovering craft had vanished. So, immediately... The logical thing to do would be to involve the authorities. Yep. So they do. They go and report um, Travis missing to the police and they told them the entire story. And of course, 1975, they're like, all right, a <laughs> couple of things. You're either on drugs or you're trying to uh, cover up a story after you killed your friend, whether on accident or on purpose. You just fabricated the story or both, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so. Uh, yeah. I feel like with those kind of stories, though, like, when they're so far-fetched, like, I mean, unless you're stupid, like, you make it a little bit more believable if you killed someone, mm-hmm. even if it was accidental. Yeah, maybe. Like, whose first thought, especially in 75, like, whose first thought is aliens? Let's let's blame it on aliens. We'll talk about that, because that's... That, that, that does come into play. Um, okay. But yeah, that's kind of like what the the authorities were thinking is that they have just come up with this lie to cover up a murder. They're probably on drugs. So they're like convinced they saw something and they're, you know, trying to put this story together. Um, However, there were six of them telling the same story. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so the police immediately, they're on a manhunt. They're trying to find this man. They're convinced that they're going to find his murdered body in the forest. So they bring out scent dogs. They bring out helicopters. They're like, best case scenario, he probably tried to run away and mm-hmm. they couldn't find him, you know. And they also, of course, had like volunteers searching on foot. So they're looking for Travis. And while they're looking for Travis, they're interrogating the six men, Mike, John, and the other four. Yeah. Um, did they take a drug test? I don't know. But they did take a polygraph test. Okay. Is that your next note? Yes. Okay. The six men... Each took a polygraph test. Individually, right? Individually. Okay. Of the six, five of them passed. The sixth was inconclusive. Okay. So he didn't even fail, necessarily. It was inconclusive. Which is very, very interesting. Considering they were all sticking with the story of a glowing saucer Mm -hmm. in the sky. You know? All right. Anyways. So now we know what's going on. Travis is being searched for. The police are investigating what they think could be possibly a murder. Um, now let's go back to Travis. They should have done a drug test. They, I don't know if they did. They yeah, might they have. Should've. Maybe. Well, because they... Because ass- that would rule drugs out. They, they, I mean, they assume that drugs are involved. So I, I, I would assume that they would have done that. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see that in like the places that I looked. I also didn't think to look for that. So Fair enough. So now back to Travis... Five days and six hours after Travis was struck by a beam of light, he found himself standing on the side of a highway in Heber, Arizona. 
when he kind of came to his senses and he realized he's walking down the highway, he noticed the UFO fly away. Okay. Um, and basically, from the moment he got the plastic over his face until the moment he realized he was walking on the side of the highway, he has no memory. Which, if things happened, could be a saving grace. Mm-hmm. You know, if he was, like, probed and probed. 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 <laughs> Pro- prodded and probed is that the right thing yeah anyways if that's what was happening and he was getting all these sorts of experiments then obviously like it's a good thing that he doesn't remember it because it could be super traumatizing but also this was five days so he had so he's saying he has no memory of what happened between the time he was abducted and when he found himself on the highway other than the encounter and like seeing the the Okay, that, that's what I was going to ask mm-hmm. about, but okay, that clears that, up. That part, so basically, like, he went unconscious when he got beamed up, essentially, mm-hmm. has memory from the beginning of his time on this supposed UFO, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the time that was essentially five days worth, no memory at all. Okay, got it. So he shows up out of thin air, and everyone's like, okay, let's figure out how you got here. Um, during their search, they actually had a lot of trouble with the hound dogs that they had gotten because the hound dogs couldn't find like an actual trail to get to him. Like there was, everything was a dead end. There was nothing that they could follow. Mm -hmm. And so they tried to lead the dogs to where they found him on the highway, but there was like, they, they, there was nothing connecting it. Gotcha. So then they turned around and said, well, let's start on the highway and try to lead the dogs back backwards and see if they can follow it that way. And the same thing. There was no actual trail. So based off of that, it was as if he was picked up from one spot and placed in another, which is exactly what he was claiming to have had happen to Mm him. And like now he had (laughs) these dogs essentially on his side saying, no, that's accurate. (laughs) What? No, nothing. I'm just thinking. That's just. I'm trying to think of like plausible explanations yeah. <laughs> for this happening because I mean I'll talk about it later but like aliens are kind of a iffy subject in my opinion but uh-huh. we'll, we'll get to it I'm sure we'll talk about it so sure yeah yeah we will so they also brought Travis in for a polygraph test and he passed Anyways, so obviously coming back from this experience, Travis is like, hey, I just got abducted by aliens and the whole world went into a frenzy. He obviously like faced a lot of backlash for telling his story. A lot of people said that he was just using it as a way to make money and get famous and like, you know, do all these things. And there was even like a local sheriff that that knew his family. Mm -hmm. He basically was like, they're all UFO fanatics. He just wanted to be part of the narrative. He wanted to be part of the alien story. And so everyone was just calling his bluff. And he's over here like, I'm not doing this for money. However, in in the following days of the UFO claim, the National Enquirer actually awarded Travis and his coworkers five thousand dollars prize money for quote the best ufo case of the year okay (laughs) um and that was because they had passed their polygraph tests and everything so he did get money almost immediately after 
However, everybody who knew him personally or knows him personally would argue that he is not the kind of person that would seek attention. He actually hated it when reporters would come to him. He hated being on the television. He hated being on the news. And a lot of it had to do with the backlash he was getting. He did not like the attention because a lot of it was negative. Yeah. You know, so a lot, you know, you could argue from that side. He doesn't want the fame. He wants the exact opposite. He wants us all to go away Mm -hmm. because it's ruining his life, basically. It adds credibility to the story, sorry. Okay. Yeah, right. So, um, despite his desire for like a quiet life and for this to have not had happened to him, uh, his story did end up becoming one of the best known alien abduction stories ever. Um, and he did, I'll talk about this a little bit more later, but he actually wrote a book about it that became a really famous movie. Um, but before that, I want to talk about what some people say could be the cause of him having, like, a false memory. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said, he passed his polygraph test. So, obviously, there's some credibility there somewhere. And so, let's see. Um, have you heard of the abduction of the Hills? The Hills is their last name. Mm-mm. So, uh, Travis's abduction happened in 1975. However, a little while earlier, in 1961, a couple named Barney and Betty Hill claimed to have been abducted by aliens. Um, And their story also became, like, a phenomenon. You know, people had heard about it. Uh, They talked about how they were, like, on their way home, uh, going through the forest. They were abducted, kind of, like, you know, beam of light, came out of nowhere, but with them, they were returned almost immediately. So they didn't have, like, that time mm. to account for. Not the five days or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so... Bonnie and Betty. Isn't that the name of the Flintstones characters? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, That's funny. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyways, so people think that because their story was so out there um, that he might have heard it at some point, you know, in the earlier years and had been like kind of like when we talked about stories like you hear a story in your childhood and then you recreate it later on without realizing that you're plagiarizing yeah remember what i'm talking about kind of like that um because in 1964 there was like a basically a, a hypnosis session that was televised with barney hill um where he like told a psychiatrist about his experience and it like went everywhere and basically they were saying that uh hill was experiencing a false memory syndrome um anyways and people are saying that the same thing now is happening to travis is that he's having false memories and so he fully believes that they happened but they're not actually real memories and then in october the month before he was abducted travis was abducted in 1975 nbc uh nbc network aired the ufo incident which was a tv movie that was inspired by the story of the hills Mm -hmm. so not only had the past decade they had been televised for this but now there was an actual like tv drama about it and so people are thinking like this is literally recently on the news you know so that's what i wanted to bring up when you were talking about the cops and how like you know, they're like, that's not the first thing that come to mind would be aliens. Yeah, yeah. It's like literally a month before that, the UFO incident aired on TV. Gotcha. Okay. You know. I see now. So what are your thoughts now knowing that? 
Um, I don't know. The I have conflicting arguments going on in my head right now. Because, like, on the one hand, you know, they pass the polygraph and everything, which, I mean, it's possible to pass them while lying and, like, knowingly lying. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard. Like, it, But, yeah, it, it, it's hard. And, like, I don't think a group of truckers would have the, like, the ability or know-how to be able to, like, you know, pass that. Um, you know, to, like, fake their answers and whatever. Um, but on the one hand, and again, I'll talk about this later, but, like, aliens aren't... No alien story is that convincing to me that, like, makes me want to believe in aliens. Right. <laughs> um, well... Not believe in aliens, but, like, the fact that they've visited us. Anyway. So, um, just going on a little bit more about this, like, movie, TV show thing that came out. So, a psychologist named Susan Clancy argued that this film heavily influenced Travis to create his own uh, alleged abduction story, whether Mm -hmm. conscious or subconsciously. Um, And she said... Quote, after viewing this movie, talking about the UFO incident, after viewing this movie, any person with a little imagination could now become an instant celebrity, concluding that, quote, one of those instant celebrities was Travis Walton. So essentially, he took this story and ran with it, is what Mm -hmm. she's saying. But somewhere in his psyche, he believes that it was actually true, that it actually happened to him. The only thing that, like, really... Well, not the only thing. The things that really get me about his story is, like, I could totally see that he fabricated this, even subconsciously, like, mm-hmm. in the back of his mind, not not knowing that he's fabricating it. Um, however, what happened? Like, it was five days. Like, where would he have been for five days? Especially if they couldn't track his scent. Yeah. You know? But then also, there were witnesses. Six witnesses who all heard the buzzing sound, who all saw the beam of light, who all saw a flying saucer in the middle of the woods you know and so it's like how can you explain those things i don't necessarily believe in aliens Mm i i don't know i don't necessarily (laughs) i hate saying that word i don't think that it's 100 percent out there that there could be some possibility of some form of that but the way that it's described in here you know, creepy little bald men with big eyes in a UFO doing experiments on you. I don't necessarily believe that believe that that's true. Mm-hmm. But also, like, how can you explain those other things? Right. You know. So, going back to Travis, he wrote a book called The Walton Experience in 1978, which was turned into a movie in 1993 called Fire in the Sky. This movie grossed 19.9 million, but nice. the critics' approval was split. So, mm. as yeah, okay. but it still brought in a lot of money so um a lot of people claim that because he wrote a book and they turned it into a movie and he profited off of it that obviously was a hoax he just Mm -hmm. wanted the money and obviously still to this day people argue over whether or not his story is true and he still to this day believes his story is true however in 1993 oh sorry in 1993 he appeared on the larry king live talk to talk about the new movie, which also bled into the he just wanted fame and fortune kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But 30 years after releasing his book, Travis appeared on the Fox game show called The Moment of Truth, where he was hooked up to a polygraph test and he was asked one question. Were you abducted by aliens? He replied, yes. And the results came back negative. So he lied. Mm-hmm. So 
a science and skepticism writer named Michael Shermer, who sat on the panel for the episode, wrote about the experience and he said, quote, I think the polygraph is not a reliable determiner of truth. I think Travis Walton was not abducted by aliens. In both cases, the power of deception and self-deception is all we need to understand what really happened in 1975 and after. End quote. So essentially he's saying polygraph or no polygraph. He made this up and he made it up enough to where he believed it. Mm-hmm. And that's all that happened. Yeah. Because I mean, the thing with polygraph tests... Maybe I'm wrong on this. I just did a quick look up, but I didn't really read it. So I wanted to comment. <laughs> um, but like polygraph tests work because like when you lie, there's a little change in like, you know, your blood pressure and um, heart rate and stuff like that. Um, so like usually they have to uh, set like a normal or like a, what do they call it? Like a basis of like where the truth is at. So they'll ask them like basic questions like what's your name? How old are you? Stuff like that. Where are you from? Um so it's like unless they like just completely skipped over that because i mean being on on television and everything in front of a large crowd i don't know i'd be pretty nervous my blood pressure would probably be spiking and heart rate respirations all those would probably be like up a little bit well and if you take into you know consideration the fact that it's been 30 years and he spent 30 years being ridiculed for this yeah of course being broadcast on live television hooked up to another polygraph test of course you're gonna be nervous yeah like maybe he's even questioning it himself right yeah so i don't know well yeah so even despite that you know this guy who's a skepticism writer was basically like even though it came back negative and it came back positive all those years ago i it's not he never got abducted yeah essentially his most recent appearance on television was in January of 2021 he appeared on episode 1597 of the Joe Rogan experience and then I'm going to talk about we'll my... We'll get there one day too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> my favorite appearance that he has made on a TV show. In 2013. <laughs> Ghost Adventures? On season 8, episode 19 of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, so the episode is called Close Encounters of the Kardashian Kind. During this episode, Bruce took his family camping. Disclaimer, I know that he is she, Caitlyn Jenner now. But in this moment in 2013, he is Bruce. So I'm going to... She was Bruce. She was Bruce (laughs) and was a he. So I will be referring to Caitlyn Jenner as Bruce as a he when I talk about this for this episode. So this episode took place, like I said, 2013. Bruce took his family camping and chloe found out that she was oh, that they were really close to area 51 so she made them take a detour and go hunt aliens and oh she of gosh. course is like my favorite because <laughs> she's like let's go do all these really fun things that nobody else wants to do and i'm over here like i would join you in a heartbeat anyways so not just because you're a kardashian but mostly because you're a kardashian yeah. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> So, Chloe jumped on the opportunity to learn about aliens, to go alien hunting, yada, yada, yada. And then, of course, because of their connections, they were able to uh, have a meeting at their campsite with Travis. He was able to meet them there and talk about his experience. And he shared their story around the campfire, like a really intimate setting with their family. 
Um, and I watched this. I had I did not know who Travis Walton was. I did not know his story. I was literally just watching Keep Up with the Kardashians because mm-hmm. I love trash TV. Um, <laughs> so what was interesting was during this episode, as he's sharing the story, he's nervous. And I remember thinking that like he was nervous to share his story. And it had been how many years? 2013. Mm-hmm. Um and part of it was that he was a huge fan of Bruce Jenner because Bruce was an Olympian, you know, yeah. an Olympic athlete. And what was really sad was that Bruce thought this whole alien thing was just bogus and he made it known and he was making fun of him and like scoffing at him and like making comments. And it got to a point where Chloe and Kendall had to pull Bruce aside and was like, you are breaking this guy's heart because you are his idol and you are crushing his spirit. Like, mm-hmm. you need to stop and be nice and go apologize to him. So Bruce had to, <laughs> for lack of better terms, man up and go apologize. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was cool because he was like, look, you know, like, I might not believe in aliens, but I, I believe your story. And, and uh, Travis was like, oh, I really appreciate it, you know. So that was my first introduction to this story. And I had mentioned a few episodes ago that I wanted to share the story of the man that was on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but wasn't a Kardashian. Mm-hmm. That's this guy. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I don't remember that, but <laughs> that's okay. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that uh, ends the story that I have for Travis Walton. Cool. You have another story though, don't you? Not. No. Okay. I have a list. A list of what? We'll get to it. You have something <laughs> you want to share with me. Well, not really, because uh, I, I have mentioned it before, like, you know, during our Cursed Geometry episode, uh-huh. whichever episode that was, 25. Don't, don't look it up. I have to look it up now. I have to look it up now. Miles 25 is, is what I'm going for. shamelessly plugging in his own no, episodes during I was this wrong. He's 23. Over- I was so close. <laughs> episode 23. I was so what? He's just doing this because he wants you guys to go look at his episodes we're focusing on me today well just because okay. like my the titles of my episodes are like gold okay <laughs> anyways yeah you have opinions. so yeah the thing the thing with with aliens i 100 percent believe that there is other life out there whether they be like i don't know some kind of intelligent life or something like that because the universe is huge like that huge is an understatement like the universe is freaking massive (laughs) also an understatement but anyway like it's in my mind it's not conceivable to think that we are the only life in this huge universe that we're again that we're in um but the thing with that is like i am still i i'm not convinced that aliens have visited us i'm not saying it's not possible i'm not convinced of it though um, I think, like, maybe one day we'll have alien visits, like, if, if we haven't already, which, again, not convinced, but <laughs> um, but if we haven't already, then we we might get visited because, like, you know, they are out there. But the thing is, like, if you think about how far we have come with uh, technology, like, I feel like we've come a, come a pretty long way mm-hmm. um, in, you know, the history of our Earth, which in comparison to other planets and everything is pretty short. Uh-huh. Um, you know, solar system and all that. Um, so like the, it's possible that, you know, out there, there's some kind of civilization that has, uh, 
perfected light speed travel, warp speed, whatever you want to call uh-huh. it. Um, whether it be in our galaxy, because our galaxy alone is also freaking <laughs> massive. Um, like, you know, they say it'll take over 100,000 years going at light speed to get out of our galaxy. Sure, yeah. So, like, pretty big. Um, if you guys couldn't tell, Miles is very passionate yes. about space. Yes. Continue. Um, yeah, I love space. <laughs> So, like, if you think about it, like, the closest planet to us is, I think it's, like, I want to say four light years? That doesn't sound right. Let me look it up. Nearest potentially habitable planets. Um, 4.37 light years away. So, like, you know, at light speed, it'll take you four years to get here. But, again, like, you know, it's close enough that they're able to, like, you know, look at the planet a little bit, but also, I don't know not close enough that you know they can discover life or whatever on it but okay. anyway so like closest habitable planet <laughs> is four point what was it four point three seven light years away where was i going with that i don't even remember I but <laughs> but what, <laughs> what i'm trying start, to say once you start going on tangents about distances in space i kind of am just like uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. um yeah sorry <laughs> so what what i'm trying to say is like you know the like the closest potentially habitable planets are far enough away that you know where like they're probably looking at different planets if you know again if they have advanced to that kind of technological status whatever um to start more space exploration and everything um but yeah it that's the thing like we are such a small part of of our galaxy that it's like not in my mind not really that possible for them to come visit us that's why i'm not convinced it's like <laughs> it's literally like one in a billion chance that they would come to us so like not impossible but very unlikely okay but then explain the five days i don't know I and that's another thing so like with alien reduction and i know this is kind of a touchy subject but like when i think of people who have you know quote-unquote experienced alien reductions if feel like that's kind of a mental like contributing to a mental disability because you know we have schizophrenia and um dissociative personality disorder or identity disorder whatever they call it um you know multiple personalities so it's like those things are even though they're pretty different they're also very similar as far as concept goes like believing things or experiencing things that aren't really there Mm mm-hmm so, like, that's that's what comes to mind when I hear these alien abduction stories. Mm-hmm. Having five, six witnesses is a little bit more convincing to me and disappearing for five days as well without any kind of trace um, is also pretty, um, like, convincing. But again, I, I'm There's not convinced it's aliens. There's probably some way that it can be explained, mm-hmm. right? Well... Like, maybe they lost his sense in a creek or something and, like, he just maybe well that's what like got kidnapped by a skinwalker or something i don't know (laughs) the lizard people underground um no so that's why like you know a lot of modern psychiatrists believe that he has false memory syndrome which is just in short a quote controversial proposed condition in which a person's identity and relationships are affected by what are believed to be false memories of psychological trauma Mm -hmm. so basically that's what people 
Like, that's that's how they come up with, like, some conclusion is that he's having false memories. Because for him to believe it that much and for the likelihood, like what you were saying, for it to actually happen, like, there has to be some sort of explanation. And mm-hmm. it has to be psychological, right? Because if this physically did not happen, but he believes it did, then it's going on inside of his head, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I, I could believe that. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really explain the, the bright light that they saw. Or the green flash that like made Travis, tra- Travis. but <laughs> maybe, Travis. but like no, everyone on drugs they don't experience the same things though. That's true. So it's like it's may- maybe it was maybe they were all on drugs and like they saw a big truck coming at them and maybe. But again, you drug know, that test just made me think of though when you're like people don't experience the same thing. It made me think of when we watched uh, Jump Street, Twenty Two Jump Street, <laughs> and how they both got like hooked on Wi-Fi. Yep that drug called that's the Wi-Fi. name of the drug yeah in the movie <laughs> and uh channing tatum's trip was like <laughs> fairies and rainbows and unicorns and he was dancing and having a little party and then um jonah hill jonah hill thank you and then jonah hills was like nightmare and dark and like thunderstorms hell. and yeah <laughs> And he's like, this isn't fun. I want to get out of here. And Channing Tatum's like, this is great. What are you talking about? Anyways, that just like came to mind when you were saying that. Anyways. It's a good way of thinking of it. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I got a lot of this information, obviously, from Wikipedia. Um, I also wanted to point out that I I took a lot of information from a website called groovyhistory.com. Specifically, this one was 20 chilling facts that you might not have known about Travis... Uh, Walton's alien abduction story. Okay. Anyways, going back to Wikipedia. On Travis Walton's Wikipedia page, there is a section that says, see also list of reported UFO sightings. And it goes all the way back to the very first one. Okay. Can you guess what year that was? Uh, 3100 BC. Actually, you're surprisingly close. 1450 BC. Okay. So you're off by 2000 years, but... <laughs> Pretty, pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> but considering you said BC, that, that's impressive. So that actually... I was just actually... thinking like the pyramids, people believing that like, aliens mm-hmm. built pyramids and everything. Yeah. So this actually happened in Egypt, uh, 1450 BC. This happened after a ruler named Thutmose. Sounds great. The third. Uh, he had just finished conquering an ancient nearby city. And of course, to celebrate, he was going to reveal the statue that he had already pre-made before this war. Mm-hmm. So as they are revealing this and having this big celebration, people described, quote, stars coming down as circles of fire and fish that fell down from the sky. Fish. 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 So that was the first reported sighting. I don't know. It sounds a little fishy. fishy. <laughs> <laughs> and I also want to point out that UFO stands for unidentified flying object so it doesn't always necessarily mean aliens yeah however so a lot of these are just you know unexplained unidentifiable a lot of these reports uh meteorologists have come back and said it was probably this type of asteroid or this type of meteor or you know and so they yeah, had, yeah, the, they had the, the famous fish meteors mm-hmm. yeah yeah the fish yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like for example this one this one was 76 bc um, this was in Asia, uh, in the Roman Republic. And so people described a spark that fell from the sky 
or for that fell from a star and grew as it descended until it appeared to be the size of the moon. And then it ascended back up into the heavens and was transformed into a torch. Uh, what was uh, that year? 76 BC. So an astron- astronomer named Richard Stothers said that that was most likely a bolide, which is a an exceptionally bright meteor that probably just passed by them, which is why it got closer and then went away. Okay. Um, and people have also described that as like a ball of fire. So uh, there's several others from BC. There's also a list from the 16th and 17th centuries. So for example, in sometime between 1566 and 1567-ish, um, people described seeing numerous spherical objects appearing out of the sun, and an event was recorded that depicted that was depicted by Samuel Cocosius. I don't know if I said that right. Whatever. Uh, he said, "Quote: A student of the Holy Scripture and of the free arts at Basel, where they had all talked about." these objects coming from the sun mm-hmm. essentially there's a lot of big words that didn't make much sense anyways and then in the 19th century in the united states this was 1896 uh newspapers across california and then later in other states printed reports of a strange airship uh that they saw it had common elements of the descriptions included flapping wings a cigar shaped body and a metal hole so this was reported first in California in nineteen or eighteen ninety six. Sounds like an and airplane. And then later, but it was flapping. Yeah. Okay. But then Mirage. later was reported in other uh, states as well. Okay. In the twentieth century, and there's there's a lot more. I'm just kind of skipping through at some of the ones that are like more noticeable. Mm-hmm. So in nineteen forty, uh, during World War Two, Allied fighter pilots uh, above Europe reported colorful balls of light following their aircrafts at high speed which could be described as like a lot of farmers yeah (laughs) no like you know people shooting at them Mm because they're in war but also they said that they were being followed in their aircraft so it was like intelligible almost homing missiles (laughs) right in 1946 thousands of ufo sightings were reported over europe Due in parts to concern that foreign governments were testing recovered experimental German technology, the Swedish and the Greek governments investigated the reports separately, um, and people refer to these as the ghost rockets, because I don't know what came of that. I probably could find out, but people were like, hmm, it's probably German propaganda. Everything's German propaganda. In 1947... Uh, So, in 1947, private pilot Kenneth Arnold was flying near Mount Rainier when he reported seeing a group of thin, reflective crafts moving at high speed and flashing in the sun like mirrors. Um, Bill Bequet of the East Oregonian, who first interviewed Arnold, summarized the sighting as, quote, nine saucer-like aircraft flying in formation, which introduced the term flying saucers. So after Kenneth Arnold's sighting was reported in the news, over 800 similar sightings were reported throughout 1947. So whatever that is. 
some of these are actually pretty famous. Like, I don't know if you've heard of, like, the Roswell incident, mm-hmm. which was the uh, a United States Army Air Force spokesperson issued a press release announcing the capture of a flying saucer. Hours later, the Army announced that the find was a crashed weather balloon. Is that the one in New Mexico? Roswell? Yes. Okay. Yep, Roswell, yeah. New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew about that one. And then in 1978, the case regained attention after Jesse Marcel, the officer who recovered the wreckage, told UFO researchers that the weather balloon explanation was a cover story. Hmm. And then in 1994, the Air Force attributed the incident to the previously classified Project Mogul. Don't know what the Project Mogul is, but they're saying it could have been... Oh, hold on. Project Mogul was a top-secret project by the U.S. Army Air Forces involving microphones flown on high-altitude balloons, whose primary purpose was long-distance detection of sound waves to basically detect Soviet atomic bomb tests to see if they were testing out bombs. Okay. So it was top-secret, so they were saying that the that's what it was, and they were telling people it was a weather balloon to cover up the story. So that could easily be explained. And then more recently... We have stories from the 1950s all the way up until the 2000s. I like one example. In Italy, at a football game between... Never mind, I'm not going to say those names. A football <laughs> game was underway when a group of UFOs traveling at high speed abruptly stopped over the stadium. The stadium became silent as the crowd of over 10,000 spectators witnessed the event and described the UFOs as cigar shapes. That's 10,000 witnesses. All saying this, all the same thing. Lizard people. <laughs> um, let's see if there's any more that's really notable. Oh, and then there's the Betty Betty and Barney Hill abduction in 1961, who claimed that while driving home, they observed a light move through the sky and land ahead of them. And then against his will, they were taken from their car and then returned side, turned down the road away from the light. Uh, and then... Da-da-da-da-da. Yes, da 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 da. There's a lot. There's like several <laughs> each year. Like in 1969, Labor Day, they call this the Labor Day 1969 UFO incident. Four families with no prior connection alleged that they saw a UFO, were moved by a beam of light, and lost several hours of time. This was in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. And then, of course, in 1975, we had Travis Walton who was abducted by aliens and was gone for five days in case you hadn't heard that story <laughs> and then let's Can you tell see. it again <laughs> uh and then the most recent in the 20th century the most recent one that is on this list is in 2023 from february or from january 28th to february 13th to be That's exact this year yep so there was Multiple airborne objects, sometimes reported in mainstream media as UFOs, were observed and sometimes shot down by military aircraft. Many of the objects were reported as meteorology or espionage balloons. Do you remember hearing about that this year? Yes. The balloons that were getting shot down? Yeah. From China. So that was the most recent UFO sightings. Cool. Did you hear about the... Um the one in London back in 89. Let me see if it's on the list. Are you making a joke? It, I'm not making it. <laughs> okay, what's the joke? Uh, well, it's not. It's an April Fool's joke. Um, there was this billionaire guy 
named Richard Branson. I had to look up his name. Um, but he hired a hot air balloon that was shaped like a UFO. Oh, um, and he just it was april 1st 1989 and he just went um like early in the morning he, he took this hot air balloon or hired someone to take the air balloon um and then if i remember correctly i'm not going to read the whole story but if i remember correctly that's a story where he actually hired someone to dress up as an alien <laughs> and like to emerge from the from the quote-unquote ufo uh-huh. um and like you know say hi to people um anyway that's a funny story that is funny. If I was rich, I actually I probably wouldn't do that, but <laughs> it'd be tempting. Anyways, so aliens, huh? They're watching us. Yep. Lizard people. There's actually there was seriously so many. If I read to you that entire list, we'd be here for like another hour. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> um but yeah, just knowing that there have been like reported sightings all the way back, you know, to 1400 BC. Mm-hmm. Granted, it was probably just meteors and flying fish, but whatever. Yeah. Fish meteors. Fish meteors. It was the fish gods raining down on your pyra- pyramids. I almost said periods. <laughs> periods of time. <laughs> um, have you ever heard? I think I brought this up before in the podcast, but have you ever heard of the Anunnaki? I don't know. They're like supposed deities, the ones that I, I'm pretty sure the um like part of the mythology behind them is like the Anunnaki were the ones that helped with the building of the pyramids. Oh, okay. Um and I'm probably gonna get some of this information wrong, so if anyone knows anything different about the quote unquote Anunnaki, um and their I don't know, their history, whatever. Do you know about Planet X? No. Like that planet that we haven't discovered yet, but based on like math and science and everything, like it, it should, it should exist. Hmm. I did not know that. Okay. So planet X, right? It's like on the very edge of our solar system and everything. Anyway. Sure. Um, so I don't know if that's the correct one, but that's just like one of the theories is planet X. Um, it like does this, it has a, a different orbit around the sun huh. than the rest of the planets do. It goes more of like an, uh, like a very oblong shape, so it's like very, very uh, long, very um, narrow. Yeah, so it just like it goes around the sun and then goes way past Pl- out past Pluto, comes back and then does like a quick rotation around the sun and then like slingshots back out huh. and everything. Anyway, so supposedly this uh, this planet. Uh, makes a makes that rotation like closer to the sun every i want to say three thousand years oh okay or something that's why i asked like the difference between like the uh like 1100 bc or whenever it was with the egyptians and then the ones with the asian continent as well oh, okay um that's why i was asking just in case um because i want to see if there's any correlation between them oh interesting interesting which you know based on that it's not but anyway um yeah, it's an interesting topic. We don't have time to talk about it tonight, but um, yeah, if you if you look it up, Anunnaki, A N. Oh, I don't even know how to spell it. Not to be confused, not to be confused with the yummy naki that we eat. Mm, yum. <laughs> um, Anunnaki, A N U N N A K I. Um, it's pretty interesting. This is another thing that I'm just like, eh, it's kind of a far fetched uh, story, but you know, it's interesting huh. to read about. These these things sure. are interesting. Yeah. Because, like, I'm all for hearing about alien abduction stories, despite whether I believe them or not. 
Um, oh yeah, I love them. Yeah, I think they're fascinating. They are. They are really fun. Yeah. Anyways, we should probably wrap this up. Um, we really could talk about this for like another hour, but I'm sure people are tired of hearing our voices. But <laughs> nah, we're fun. Um. So yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. We really appreciate your love and support and. If you have your own story, send them in to famdailypodcast at gmail.com and hit us up on any of our socials. They're all famdailypodcast. And don't forget to drop us a follow or and a subscription. The, yeah, and the like and a subscribe and tell your friends. We can't really like episodes, but yeah. Psh, fight me. <laughs> you watch too much TikTok. <laughs> <sighs> that's probably true. Well, that's its own thing. Isn't that something that uh, TikTok told you, like with one of those filters? like you're on tiktok too much or something yeah we don't need to talk about it okay i'm being attacked from all angles <laughs> yep um you mentioned socials mm-hmm. we're on most of them and do you have some bad advice for me yeah uh if you see lights in the forest <laughs> and it's trying to shoot at you speed away speed away don't ditch your friends that's not really bad advice that's actually pretty good advice (laughs) but (laughs) keep it in mind anyways toodles hey wait did you hear about pluto (laughs) that's messed up